Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clouseau. It's the same. Just thing. say tires. Uh, what, where do we pick up from? Hi uh, everyone. You're listening to the Sinner and the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Spectacle Drifter, Will Duckins, on 1080 The Fan. Hey, kids, happy Saturday. Very thrilling weekend in sport. You have the best the NBA has to offer, which is apparently celebrities playing basketball, followed by kids playing basketball, followed by guys dunking a basketball, shooting a basketball, dribbling a basketball, then finally a game with no defense. How excited are you for the all-star game, Will Darkens? I have a question. Oh, yeah, go ahead. The celebrity game. Sure. Now, Justin Bieber played in the celebrity game. He qualifies as a celebrity. People I don't know who think he is. so. I don't think so anymore. What do you mean anymore? You know who he is. You brought him up. You didn't go. There was this guy playing that I didn't recognize that was there, a huge. There's a difference. There's a difference between celebrity and like guy we know of. Like that. that's like saying, let's throw Scott Bayo in at point. We all know who Scott Bayo is, but I don't want to see him in the celebrity game. I kind of do. You want to see Scott Bayo dribbling? Yeah, kind of do. I'd love to see what Scott Bayo's got left in his game. Charles in charge. Yeah. I want to see Charles take a charge. No? Ah, too slow with that. Were Come you on. setting yourself up for that? What? Is that your A game? You brought Scott Bayo up. I didn't bring it up, so that was off the cuff, young man. We also got the Winter Olympics, and uh, I am more fixated on the Winter Olympics every day. It uh, makes me want to go to the mountain and hurt myself. Mm. It's very fun to watch, but I'm very upset with NBC, but we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. Got to want- talk about Chloe Kim, too. We can talk about Chloe Kim. We'll get into the Winter Olympics. We'll, we'll do that at the at ten o'clock. So we'll we'll get into all things Winter Olympics. We'll see where it goes. But but we'll start with uh, if anybody knows what I'm talking about. I'm very upset with NBC's coverage of the Super G yesterday. Why? I'll tell you why at ten o'clock. Okay. All right. That's a damn hell of a tease there. Uh, we do have an Olympics poll on our Twitter page. It is called at Center Saint Ten Eighty. You go in there, uh, Will Darkens, what's on our poll? So the question today is, what's your motivation for watching the Winter Olympics 2018? Your options? Please. Figure skating outfits. USA. USA. And then two more times. Uh, Storylines. <laughs> and then and then so on and so on. Okay, yeah, everybody got that one. Uh, so there's storylines. And then the final option is surprise Costas Pink Eye. 
As you oh. remember, Bob Costas had pink eye at the Winter Olympics, I think at Sochi. I think it, I thought it was before that. So somebody farted on Bob Costas's pillow. Yep. I'm guessing the Ruskies did it to try to sabotage our broadcast. Sure, that makes sense. Anyway, so vote vote there on that. You can also send your answers to the text line. That's 55305. But I want to start off this fine program kind of with an ending. Mm. The end of the uh, the Blazers run going into the All-Star break. This was Wednesday night. They hosted the Golden State Warriors. Yes. And bad news, I hate to tell you, but they let Kevin Durant go off for 50 points. They just could not stop him and really a poor defensive performance going into the All-Star break. So, let's start there. How upset are you with this Blazers team? Oh, I am so upset that they won that game. Wait, now what? They won the game and no, they let Kevin no. Durant score 50 points. You know what I thought was most interesting about this? Was it kind of revealed a way to beat the Warriors. Score more points? Yeah. Well, so it, bad. it's kind of what Cleveland tried to do last year, but they couldn't quite get over the hump. I mean, they were able to win one game, but it was more to the point that, like, let Kevin Durant do what Kevin Durant's going to do. And then at a certain point, you have to kind of cover the perimeter because that's where they're going to score the points. You let Kevin Durant drive all game. That's fine. Go to the hoop. Who cares? And I'm not going to foul you either because it's going to go and one. You're pretty much seven feet. You're going to score if I foul you. So I'll let you get the layups. That's fine. But I'm not going to let Steph Curry shoot the lights out. I'm not going to let Clay Thompson drop like 12 points in one minute. He can do that. Though. And he can do that. So yeah. I... I thought it was kind of revealing in that sense of maybe the entire NBA looked at that game and goes, oh, I think there's a way to do this. Blueprint. No, you're an idiot. That's a, oh. it's a Valentine's day game. It's February 14th. You are you saying they weren't playing their hardest <laughs> right before the all-star Listen, break? Kevin Durant put up 50 points. He was playing hard. He was going out and putting in maximum effort. Uh, but yes, it's, it, you've got four all-stars for the warriors uh, that'll be playing this weekend along with, Oh, the one for the blazers. It's a very nice win. And this is a team that needs confidence and going into the break, the thing was, that game for the Blazers, they could have moved as far up as fifth. They could have dropped as far down as ninth with a loss. So it was a very important game for the Blazers, and I think you want to go in with momentum. Most of the Blazers are going to get a rest over this little all-star break. Go, you know, recharge the batteries, do whatever. Damian Lillard is a guy that really wanted to be in the all-star game, so he gets to go and hobnob with everybody else, start recruiting for next year. Huh? I love how you put it. Damian Lillard was a guy who really wanted to be in the all-star game, so they let him in pretty much. It, I mean, that's pretty much is, how he got into the all-star game. Well, he I was going to say, that's, your, that's your theory. Yeah, he kept For crying. years. Yes, he continues to cry every single year about, please let me into the all-star game. I deserve to be in the all-star game. I have a rap album. <laughs> People respect me. I, I am anti-Damian Lillard. Not anti-Damian Lillard. Not anti-Damian Lillard. Whose voice is anti? Whose voice is I am anti-Damian Lillard. That's a mix of you and I. I am anti-Damian Lillard. You hate him as much as I do. No, that could not be true. I'm not anti-Damian Lillard. I wonder why we didn't have anybody in the skills challenge. Like, why didn't we have... uh, Are you upset about that? Like, 3J. Why didn't we have 3J in the three points? 3J? Yeah. Is that his new... That's his new... Oh, I don't like that. Just call him CJ. Do you care? I don't get it. Maybe they invited Pat Connaughton because he was just some white guy who plays like a a split forward. And then they were like, oh, wait, oh, wrong white guy. He looks like somebody in the skills challenge. Yeah, I'm not buying that. You wouldn't put him there. 
who would you who would you want to see? I'd like to see Shabazz Napier in the Skills Challenge. That wouldn't be a bad pick. Shabazz right? in there. Yeah, a little Shabazzle Dazzle. Yeah, that'd be yeah. okay. Yeah, juice that thing up. Um, he's got skills. I'd want to see Zach Collins in the dunk contest. Would you? He he would do. So when I was in high school, I went to the dunk contest for the Greater St. Helens League. <laughs> what? So the Greater St. Helens League is the the league in Southwest Washington. That, is that a high school league? Yeah, it's high school league. I'm sorry, you went to a high school dunk contest? I was a senior in high school. I had a buddy that was that was in it. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll go to that. Like, whatever. They were doing the, it was like the senior all-star game and they did a dunk contest before it. What the hell could be the coolest dunk at a high well, I'll school t- I'll tell you the only all-star one. game in Oregon? Nope. Southwest Washington. Oh, I'm sorry. Southwest Washington. What's wrong with you? I'll tell you the only one that I remember was this guy and, and uh, I'm, I'm make sure I get his name right, but he played for Columbia River and his name was Billy Knott. Knotts, I believe. Hell of a name. Knox. Maybe it was, eh, doesn't matter. Stay Didn't, with Knotts. We'll go with Knox. Didn't know the kid, but he was basic. I think he went on to play defensive end somewhere, but him and another guy, they were big bruising guys, but his dunk was, he just had somebody pass it to him on the block. And then he did a drop step dunk. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. That's what I picture Zach Collins. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know what Zach Collins went, could no do. No running start, just drop step, turn around, like flush it. I, I would like to see Zach Collins there because then you would have a collective uh, NBA fan base around the country go, who? Yeah. Who's but, that? Yeah. And then they'd get the Zach Collins fever because of the, because uh, of the haircut. Who is in the dunk contest? I have to actually look that up. Okay. We'll pull that up. We'll get you that information a little <laughs> bit later. Well, I'm sh- I assume we'll, we'll, we'll get you that. Information. I assume we'll, I assume we'll pick that in uh crystal balls. So we'll have that information for you at some point later in the show. If you for, don't already know, for those but, of you who do well, not have, you, you can computer. look it up now if you want to, but here's my question. And I think you've already answered it. Are you going to watch it? I'm going to watch the dunk contest okay, you because just, you never know. Like last year, I, I watched it because I go, oh, well, it's the dunk contest. And the NBA All-Star Weekend is probably, out of all the major sports, the most entertaining okay, okay. All-Star let, let me Let me rephrase the question. Are you going to yeah. watch it live or are you going to go back and watch the highlights? I'm probably going to watch the highlights. <laughs> okay, that's... So you got <laughs> so Victor, you lied. You got Victor Oladipo. Oladipo? Oladipo. Oladipo. You threw an N in there for some reason. Larry Nance Jr. Uh, okay. Dennis Smith Jr. Okay, he... That's a rising star. And then you have Donovan Mitchell, who's replacing Aaron Gordon. No Aaron Gordon, no Zach Levine. See, and that's why it was so exciting last year, because both those two were such freaks. Well, and they made, they kind of made the name. I mean, they're not, these two are guys that are not all-stars, but they they put on a great show last year. I don't know if you're going to get the same thing. I'm going to probably do the same thing. I'll probably go back and watch highlights if I get poked enough. Mm. If the headlines go, you got to see this dunk. 55305, do you still care about the dunk contest or are you too old for that crap? Check out this dunk. Victor Olandipo dunks over a sick kid. <laughs> they roll the kid out in a wheelchair yeah. and he dunks over a cancer kid? That's the only thing that's going to make me want to watch. Like, admit it. If you saw that headline, and even if it looked super fake, like it had like a split cut picture of Olandipo and then a stock photo of a sick kid, you'd still click on it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Even if you like 90% knew that this was spam and it was going to infect your computer worse than like porn, you'd go, I got to click on that. Here's the beautiful thing about the world that we live in. We don't have to sit through an hour production of the dunk contest. We don't have to watch any of the misses. It's going to take 20 seconds to go back and watch the recap of it. And then you'll go, eh. It's all right. I mean, that's what's going to happen. We actually have another poll. 
Oh, do we? Do we yeah. put up another poll? It's, uh, what's your favorite NBA all-star dunk of all time? Oh. We have Blake dunks over Ikea. Dwight Howard Superman. What's that? Was that a, he actually dunked over Ikea? He dunked over Ikea. And let me say this. It's not doing very well. And for a right reason, it was a sedan, not an SUV. Oh, come on. Which, I mean, come on. You yeah. can get anybody. Um, Dwight Howard Superman, MJ foul line. And then we just put Vince Carter because that whole performance was friggin' awesome. Yeah, the elbow hang. The elbow. And then he yeah. kind of did. I think he like got close to foul line. I think he like yeah. tried foul line and he might have been half a foot over. But he didn't need to do like the windmill, like the reverse spin windmill yeah. thing. Yeah, Vince Carter's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I assume that's got the early lead. I don't know to see. Go to at Center Saint 1080 to vote on those polls or send your answers to 55305. That is the text line here. Um, you told me that last week, yes, one week ago, mm-hmm. that uh, we will not see the Cavs in the NBA Finals. I, I was, say that. I'm still did, saying that. Thanks for helping with the tease, jerk. <laughs> what was your tease going to be? Do We're you still find out next if Will still says that? Yeah, and then it would be. It'd yeah, be I'm very much, there. very much something like that after this week of great basketball by the re-energized. LeBron James, it was going to be very dramatic. And then people were going to hang on their seats and go, well, he has to change his mind after they whipped the Celtics and they went out and beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. LeBron is rejuvenated. And then and then people are going to be like, what do what Will thinks? And now they're just like, well, I guess we know. Let me say this. This has been probably one of the more memorable week before an NBA All-Star game weeks in the NBA season. And Will will tell you why next to when the Sinner and Saint returns. This is 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back. We're talking NBA All-Star, but really the week leading up to it, I think, has been just as exciting as anything. I know that my co-host, Will Darkens, agrees. I'm actually currently watching the video of Blake Griffin throwing a ball over a reasonably (laughs) priced Kia. No, 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 no. I'm not watching the dunk. I'm watching him get ejected and throw the ball at Dennis Schroeder. Oh, yeah, that was pretty sweet this week. Yeah, so currently just kind of... throw it that hard. No, but it's just... It's delightful. There, there's a lot of anger and frustration uh, in the NBA, but also at the trade deadline, uh, the big story was, you know, and we talked about this last week, but we didn't know what the results would be. But you had the Cavaliers basically trade half their team. They got rid of six players. They brought back in four. And we hadn't seen them play a game until Sunday when they took on the Celtics and whooped them. We also had Damian Lillard coming off a 50-point game, and then they get a big win over the Warriors after a bad loss to the huge Jazz. Huge win. It was a huge win. I mean, as far as the standings go and as far as February games that matter, it, eh, it's as big, big a win as you could really have at that point in the season, I would say. So anytime you beat the champs, you got to feel pretty good about that. I think it's a little bit. I, I mean, the Warriors are so damn just lazy at this point. I mean, they had the whole thing with Steve Kerr letting them coach themselves against the Suns this week. Yeah. That was the... I'm on the fence about that. Okay, explain. Well, first of all, it's the Suns. You beat them by what, 40-something? Yeah, they beat them by 45 points. 45 points. And so now everybody comes out after this and they go, oh, Steve Kerr was disrespectful to the Suns in the league by letting his players coach themselves. By the way, Bill Russell also was a player's coach and did this for quite a while. Lenny Wilkins was a player coach. He was as well, yes. And so uh, to me, I view it as, well, maybe the Suns, who are all adults, as I understand, should just 
recognize that there are other adults on that side that beat them without having to use a coach. It do, you, also, do you know who the coach of the Suns is? Uh, oh, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a wild guess out there. I, it's not Jeff Hornacek. Is it John Stockton? <laughs> are you serious? Is John Stockton the coach of the no. Suns? No. Okay. Um, God, uh, it's not Earl Watson. He got fired. <laughs> yes, he did. Oh man. Uh, what's Juwan Howard doing? It's Juwan Howard, right? No, what are you talking about? You remember when Juwan How- when uh, the Blazers got Juwan Howard, he's and awesome. everybody was like, "Yeah, he's just a players' coach." Yeah, like, he really didn't coach. He just kind of sat veteran there. presence. It was like that. that oh, time. I practiced though. He was, and, and he was there for like four years, and everybody was like, "Wait, Juwan Howard's on our team?" Yeah. What's What's the greatest Juwan Howard Blazers moment? <laughs> That's a hard one. Five five three zero five. Please, <laughs> I need to know. Help us out. I don't remember him ever having a moment or playing a game or no. being. I just remember him on the bench, and every time I saw him, I always went, "Oh yeah, oh that's right. Juan Howard. <laughs> that's right. He plays for the Blazers. Yeah. Oh, he's alive. Yeah. So Cavaliers. Yes, they pick up Rodney Hood, mm-hmm. George Hill, Larry Nance Jr. Yes. Little side note on that story. Trying to get his dad's number that's retired in Cleveland. Yeah. Unretired. Well, I guess his dad is, so he can wear it. You gotta do that, right? How how much paperwork can be involved with? Hey, can my kid wear my number? I'm he, guessing yeah. that's a Dan Gilbert thing. Yeah, I know, but again, they're they're appealing to the Cavaliers to get his jersey unretired so that he can just dude, just call the equipment guy and go, yeah. Okay. And sorry, off off of the side note. And the other guy was Jordan Clarkson. So these four guys come in. You said last week that this would not improve the Cleveland Cavaliers. Any change of heart in that? Slightly. Slightly. Do tell. Slightly to the point that they've finally put a little bit of energy into the team, right? So now you have a younger team that actually plays a little bit more defense. Larry a little Nance, longer, a little more athletic. Larry Nance Jr. has a uh, more of a motor, more of a drive to actually uh, – you know, play defense and try. It just feels like the Cavs for the first three months of the season just weren't really trying. Like they had kind of come to the confirmation with themselves that like, look, we're going to make the playoffs. Who cares? And then we'll see what happens when we get there. Well, remember they were a disaster for two months and they were still the three seed in the East. Yes. It's not like they ever fell off of the map, but the infighting I think turned into a real thing. I mean, you see stories every day about, you know, Isaiah Thomas is back and he thinks Kevin Love is faking an illness and Dwayne Wade's not getting enough respect in the locker room. Well, most of those guys are gone. Kevin Love's out with an injury, but most of those guys are gone and they and they kept Kevin Love, which gives you an idea that uh, they have a little bit more respect for him than that. He's the glue in that locker. No, but but I think that he gets a little bit more respect internally than we see because Kevin Love seems to be the scapegoat in every story you see about the Cavaliers yet. When they jettisoned just about everybody, he was not one of the guys they got rid of. And you'd think there'd be some trade value out there for Kevin Love. Well, now, who's the other white guy they got? Who's the other white guy? They they got some other white dude in a trade. What's his name? In one of these trades? Yeah. No, they didn't. Yeah. The four guys they got. I'm trying to figure it out. They're all black. Are they? They've got Kyle Korver still, don't they? Yeah, but Kyle Korver's just Kyle Korver. Yeah, well, he's white. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to the text line while you're looking at that. Yeah. Uh, best Juwan Howard moment when he got that eight foot jumper that one time. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Thank you. For that your, was pretty dope. Thank you. Thank you for your c- 
contribution to the show. That is very, very helpful. Can I get a can I get a timestamp for when that was? That Chawan Howell. <laughs> that was two minutes ago that we got the text. That's Why the, the hell only didn't we get Chris Weber with him? Like they're a package deal. Yeah, and, there, and Jalen Rose. Is there honestly a point in getting Juwan Howard if you don't get Chris Weber? Uh, not really. Right. You kind of need them both. Well, e- either way. Uh, did you find what you were looking for, the other white guy? You were trying to say why you're excited about these Cleveland yeah. Cavaliers team, and then you decided to look at the computer instead. So, I've lost okay. you trying to think of the other white guy they have. Yeah, is it C.D. Osman? I don't know. I don't know who or what you're talking about. C.D. Osman. So this guy is a high energy, right? That's my favorite term for like not that great. How many uh, minutes does he play in a game? Eh, he's come out the bat. Or wait, no, I think he's starting. See, I think C.D. Osman's been starting. See, I think what they did was the Cleveland Cavaliers looked at their current roster and go, okay, there's enough talent here, but the issue is, is that one, none of them shoot enough, except for Isaiah Thomas, and two, none of them have energy. So they brought in all these young guys to surround around LeBron James, which, by the way, the first time that they went to the title game, um, or not the first time, but within this last decade, I mean, what, Matthew Dellavedova was yeah. your starting point guard? Yeah, because Kyrie was hurt. I mean, yes. he wasn't your starting point guard. He was the guy that ended up starting at point guard because of injury, but, but yeah. But you remember that roster. It was all just kind of high-energy, really young guys. Tristan Thompson was a lot younger then, a lot more eager to play defense. And but you brought in, that was board. midway through the season, you brought in Amon Shumpert and J.R. Smith from New York. You made another trade in the midseason trade to kind of change up the pieces on that team. So it's, it's not unprecedented, but just in this week, has it changed your mind at all? You still say the Cavs are not going to make the Eastern, win the Eastern Conference? I think it's yet to be seen. Again, let's just well, take sure, this Well, sure, of week. course it's yet to be seen, but yeah. just your perception of it. And, and again, that's why I want to wait on my answer. I'm still going to hold that I don't know if they'll win the Eastern Conference Finals. I really don't, because the issue that the Celtics are having right now is that, what, they don't score enough? That's it? Okay, well, let's wait till the playoffs when Kyrie Irving has the ball in his hands for the last three minutes of every game. Well, sure, but the complaint right now is that the new guys that Cleveland brought in don't have any playoff experience. But you have plenty of guys on that roster that do. You still have yeah. J.R. Smith, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, and uh, what's the other guy's name? There's a guy. Kyle Korver. No, there's one other Kyle guy. Kyle Korver has a lot of playoff I know, but there's experience. another guy I'm thinking of that is uh, he's built like a Mack truck. He runs like a deer. Tristan Thompson. Might be the greatest basketball player of all time. Oh, it's Lou Williams, is it? No, he's not in Cleveland. Oh, oh LeBron James. They oh. have LeBron James. Right, he's there. LeBron James greater than Kyrie Irving. If Kyrie is your best player versus LeBron, I'd like to see how little brother does. Mm. I'm going to put my money on Cleveland. If we have to pick right now, which I'm trying to get you to, but you're too scared and weak. I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared of the All-Star. You're a little scared to roll with LeBron, who's been to what, eight straight finals? I'll say that at the All-Star break, you get a really good feeling for what a team is like, right? That's that's kind of your barometer. You go, okay, I, I have a really great feeling about what this team's going to do. But, but this, it's a different team. But this is what's so interesting about the Cleveland Cavaliers in this NBA season was that there were so many moves made at the trade deadline that now this last 20-something games... It's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Well, the Texan agrees with you. This little burst will be done by mid-March. They're not better. Not better. And the coach of the Phoenix Suns is Jay Triano. By the way, another uh, 55305 text line, uh, and this goes back to uh, the dunk contest. LeVar Ball at Washington State could have probably shown you some vicious throwdowns on his highlight tape. I'd like to get my hands on some uh, highlight tape of... LeVar Ball at Washington State. I yes. Don't, I don't know that it exists because if it did, let's be honest, we'd have already seen it. Let's also take a uh, little bit of a look at the Lakers 
The Lakers are actually playing a lot better. Oh, give me a break. What's it? I'm sorry. Where are they in the standings? I, I understand that. They'll never make the playoffs. <laughs> but look, at. I think they've won like nine of their last 11 games and they've done it without Lonzo Ball. Sure. I mean, that kind of is a little surprising, right? Isn't he supposed to be the franchise guy? I think Ramona Shelburne wrote an article on ESPN this past week talking about how the Lakers seem to be making this kind of, this move to transition from, okay, LeVar Ball, or I'm sorry, Lonzo Ball is our franchise guy to now saying, look at all these other really good young pieces. Well, yeah, yeah, Kyle Kuzma is kind of better than him. (laughs) Yeah, but what's what's the ceiling for Kyle Kuzma if, that Lonzo Ball is this generational passer, Jason Kidd type point guard with more size. He has to fix his shot. He has to add a little bit of weight and he can be a great NBA player. That's the idea is that Lonzo has this upside. Right now you're winning with what? Isaiah Thomas, Kyle Off Kuzma. The bench. Well, yeah, but you, you're, you're, you're winning with the pieces that you have, but how much of that, you know, ends up being your future. Brandon, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, yes, that's your future. But, again, you have to go upside on these guys. And that's what people like about Lonzo Ball. Now, will he be derailed by his dad and demanding that his other two sons, who seem to be morons, uh, will do when they come to the Lakers? Seem to be. Excuse me? Are you calling somebody who decides to steal sunglasses in China a moron? Yeah. Yeah, it's fair. Okay. Um, Well, you're the one who said this would never this would never come to be. You said, oh, Lonzo Ball, or LeVar Ball is not going to be a distraction. The Lakers organization, it's a professional organization. They're going to understand how to run things. Magic Johnson knows how to manage people. I don't think that's what I said. I don't know if you said that. No, I, I didn't say that. But you didn't think it would be this much of a problem. And now that Lonzo Ball is not in the spotlight, they seem to be doing better because LeVar Ball is shutting his trap. The... The fun part of this and the thing to me is if you're the Lakers, you're a professional organization. If you let a father dictate what you do, a player's father, if they actually go out and go, well, we need Alonzo so bad and they sign those other two mooks to go and play alongside their brother that has some talent, then the Lakers will have disappointed me a great deal. If they decided to trade Lonzo Ball this year because they're worried about what's going to happen in three years when he con- his contract comes up, the Lakers have made a huge mistake. The, if you get to the point where he's a great player and you get down to threats between LeVar Ball yes. going, I'm going to take my son off of the Lakers, and let's say he's an ascending star with the Lakers who are now a playoff team in three years, and they bow to anything that moron says, I will be shocked. And the suggestion that he holds all the cards in whatever negotiation comes up is absolutely ridiculous. You'll have Alonzo Ball that'll be, what, 22 years old at that time, and he'll have established himself in the NBA. Because here's the thing. If he ends up not being a good player and they part with him, well, that's what they're going to do anyways. It's not because daddy was threatening to bring in the other two, two sons. But if he goes up and he ends up being this transformational player and he's going to be the greatest point guard of all time and the Lakers trade him because they're worried about what daddy says, that's idiocracy. By the way, text line keeping me honest, the Lakers have in fact, and maybe I was being a bit grandiose. No, no, you're an idiot. They have not in fact won nine of 11 games. No. But they did go on a four-game winning streak and then a three-game losing streak. I'm sorry, what's their record? And then before that, they won four games in a row and then lost two in a row. You're an idiot. Hey, you're in love with... Hold on a second. (laughs) They are 11 games out of 500. 
That's respectable. Oh, by the way, you uh, say the process isn't working in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, go hey, They're seventh. Okay, what's what's the what's the end goal for the process? Come on now. Take, hey. take that from last year. They, no, That's listen. pretty impressive. They, they are playing better. I will give you that. And listen, let's go through the list of their number one picks, and let's see how they're doing. Nerlens Noel, how's he impacting the team? Well, he's in Dallas. Jaleel Okafor, how's he impacting the team? I actually don't know where he is. I think he's in Brooklyn. Uh, let's see how... Uh, oh, didn't they have the number one pick last year? Yes. And who'd they take? Uh, the Mr. Markel Fultz. How's he doing? Uh, I'm not confident if Markel Fultz actually plays basketball. Again, how's the process working? Ben Simmons took a year off. Joel Embiid played his first back-to-back -back game. Ben Simmons is playing really, really well. He is, but he, he also... should win Rookie of the should. Year. Joel Embiid, I think... I know the managing minutes thing is hard, but he's he's a friggin' great talent. No, I I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you there, but I'm just saying that all of the opportunity that they had to make the team better, they've had more misses than hits. Ben Simmons missed his entire first season because of injury, and Joe Embiid is still on a minutes restriction. There's been a lot of great players. If you go back and and circle all the guys they could have taken and put that together as a team, you're watching the Rising Stars game. Process is working. Who's the who's the 76ers coach? That's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang it. I do not I do not know. I could I mean uh, the text throw line. a guess. What's that? Throw a guess out there. Uh, it's, uh, is it Jeff Hornacek? I do not know who it is. Is it Juwan Howard? <laughs> dang it. It's Brett Brown. Brett Brown? I didn't know who that is. Who on the weekend sells real estate. The Brett Brown, like you say that name, and I honestly have no frame of reference for who that is. I can't picture him. I is think he he's a local insurance salesman. That's what I think. Brett Brown. And actually, Brett Brown looks a lot like Neil Olshay. Okay. I can see that. He really does. Is, he, is he related to Scotty Brown? Who coaches where? God damn. <laughs> Why don't we know our coaches? Because NBA coaches. It's embarrassing. Where does Scotty Brown coach? You know Bulls. who he, you know Bulls. who he is, right? Bulls. No. Damn. Wizards. Oh God. Yeah. There oh, you go. Scotty. Oh, all right. All right. He coached, <laughs> oh yeah. He coached OKC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how memorable is Scotty Brown in OKC? Like, how much hey, did he actually? Was, he, he coached in an NBA finals. How much did he, he really coached coach? in an NBA finals? Uh, and uh, and here's the reason he's memorable in OKC is because you go. Is Scotty Brown holding back this great duo of Durant and Westbrook? Is Scotty Brown the problem in OKC? Do you remember when that Durant, team was like freak talent? Do you remember when Durant was on the precipice of his free agency and everybody goes, I think he's going to go to Washington. And they're like, yep. oh, oh, is that because he grew up there? No, because Scotty Brown's there. Well, no, but that was part of the thing is they brought in <laughs> Scotty Brown to help do the sales pitch because he grew up there and they brought in him. And all of a sudden the strength coach went to his high school or something. It has and then to they, say something. Yeah. If Scotty Brown's your head coach, you have John Wall, Bradley Beal, and Martin Gortat <laughs> on your team and you still can't break into the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> All of the cheerleaders for the Washington Wizards were hired based on the yearbook that Durant circled girls he wanted to kiss or whatever. Oh yeah, the whole thing. They put on full court press to get him and then he's like, oh, I'm going to go play for the greatest team ever. It seems like a better move. I guess. I've got some NFL news and notes. Let's do those next, but first, the news. 
Well, it's official. We're idiots. Scotty Brooks. Scotty Brooks. And neither of us were paying attention to the text line. They told us like 97 times. What about Scotty Brooks? Yeah. Well, we're idiots. What are you going to do? Well, you know what I did do? I, I went online and I started looking at pictures of Scotty Brown. Sorry, Scotty Brooks. <laughs> There's a picture. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, that's not Scotty Brooks, is it? Did you see know. that picture? Oh, no, I don't think it is. That's some guy with his shirt off in a... With a, with a woman in a bikini. I don't want to put no. that information out there. Now, it is from MySpace, and I don't think Scotty Brooks had a MySpace. How would you... Why? Why would you think that? I don't know. He didn't seem like one to have a MySpace. You're an idiot. Um. All right. Let's maybe... Divert away from this. I mean, I, I was pro- just really embarrassed that we called Scotty Brooks Scotty Brown for the last 15 minutes. Well, and then we got into it in great detail about how he might be related to somebody. This is not in any way related to. How many? How many NBA coaches do you think you can name head coaches? And we should be a lot better at this. NBA head coaches? Yeah. Oh God, I. I don't know. I have you're no the idea. big NBA guy. I I I think about the players. Yeah. I I I guess I would probably get like eight to ten. We might guess. Maybe. I don't know. Well, speaking of head coaches, the Indianapolis Colts finally got their head coach. Yes. And they go out and they get offensive coordinator from the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles and backup quarterback for the worst Super Bowl performing team in a four-year stretch ever, the Buffalo Bills. Frank Reich is the new coach of your Indianapolis Colts. You're saying it like you're breaking news. Okay, no. So, here's what I want to bring to you. Here's the news that I want to break to you. Yes. Here's the interesting part of it is that if you look back at the last few years, sometimes the last coach hired ends up being the best coach hired. And that's the part to me that's at least fairly interesting. So it's it's like, oh, well, they got, you know, their second choice. Josh McDaniels obviously put it held him up at the altar and they said, All right, well, he's, you know, he's gonna be he's gonna be the guy and he disappears. Well, turns out that, you know, he ends up being now and now it's Frank Reich. Okay, you with me? Yes. You follow me? You picking up on what uh, I am, up? yeah. Okay. So Here's the thing is the year before Josh McDaniels ended up being the guy that was going to go and be the 49ers coach who they end up with Kyle Shanahan. Yes. Now Kyle Shanahan ends up finishing out the season when he gets his new quarterback. He looks like he's going to be this rising star. But the funny thing is Doug Peterson was one of those guys where they're like, oh, Philadelphia didn't get their guy. Now they have to go out and hire whoever. And Doug Peterson gets hired and he got basically they're like, ah. Who's Doug Peterson? What's he going to do? Doug and, Peterson was coaching high school for a while. He was. He was coaching high school in Shreveport, Louisiana. So they Football he ends up be, he ends up being the guy that they look at. Bruce Arians, another guy that ended up being one of the last coaches hired. And they're like, oh, they're just kind of picking up an old guy off the scrap heap. He ended up doing pretty well in Arizona. Yeah, he did okay. Yeah, he's doing good. So you look at the guys that were praised, and it's really funny because you look at Guys like Chip Kelly, big primetime hire, right? Oh, they went out and they got the guy. And he ends up having a great year and whoop, two years later he's gone. In fact, Chip Kelly was part of the the conversation around the Super Bowl. The fact that 
the Eagles were able to recover so fast from the Chip Kelly era, which, by the way, the Chip Kelly era is now associated with Philadelphia Eagles fans as not a good era. Yes. Also, though, he's a higher in this. So here, here's what here's what I want to point out. So this was this was from uh, USA Today, Fox Sports, and NFL.com. They ranked all of the best hires uh, for the coaches. The first place recognition went to, and this was two years ago when Doug Peterson was hired, Anthony Lynn, mm-hmm. uh, Hugh Jackson, <laughs> and Chip Kelly. Wait now, Hugh Jackson getting hired by the Browns, right? Yes. So, why, so why this was this was Anthony list? Lynn. Anthony Lynn goes to the Chargers. Yes. And then you have Hugh Jackson going to the Browns, and you have Chip Kelly going to the 49ers. What? Why would you put the Browns coaching hire on any of those lists ever? I don't even care if Bill Belichick got hired to the Browns again. I would still go, nah, I don't know if that's a good hire because it's the Browns. Yeah, so They're now, so terrible that it doesn't even matter. Belichick was the last one, I think, to get them to the playoffs. So so would you like to hear in the last two years uh, coaches that were put in last place in those polls? Yes. Doug Marone, Sean McDermott last year, Mike Malarkey, and Doug Peterson. The experts know nothing. But I found this article after Wright gets hired, and you just look at it, and it's like, dude, nobody has any clue what they're talking about when they do this. So if in two years you have Frank Reich leading a team, if Andrew Luck comes back, they're automatically going to be better. So if you're a Colts fan out there and you're worried about the coaching hire, nobody knows what they're talking about. Well, and I think that's maybe where this differentiates, right, is that let's look at some of the situations that these other coaches walked into, right? Uh, Chip Kelly, he, now did he come in after Andy Reid? What? Yes. Chip Kelly, did. right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He inherited a, a good football team. He inherited a pretty good football team, which by the way, had a quarterback that fit his system of play really well. Michael sure. Vick, even though he got injured, he then got Nick Foles and that seemed to work out too. Nick Foles was an all pro. Yep. Um, then he got control of the personnel and started shipping yes. off and bringing his own guys. And that's when things went sideways. Um, and then, because I mean, the the amazing thing about the the run for the Eagles is Howie Roseman never left the building. No, he just lost his powers. Yes, they put him in a broom closet. Then he comes back and rebuilds the team. How he w- was building the team, he built the team that Chip Kelly had success with. Comes back and then helps Peterson. But win take a, a look Bowl. at what Reich's really walking into here. He's walking into Andrew Luck, who up until this point right now is being reported as not even being able to pick up a football. <laughs> well, he can pick not it up, throw. he just can't throw it. No, no, no. He's been saying that they ha- he hasn't even picked up a football yet. Yeah. I-, I mean, you have to be a little bit worried when you walk into a situation where your franchise player can't even do the thing he's been hired to do. Now you have to rely on, say, Jacoby Brissett, because that's what you have to plan ahead for, right? Sure. I don't know. It seems difficult to walk into It'll be- I don't know if I would have taken it. And in fact, in Josh McDaniel's situation, I thought it was kind of smart of him to back out. <laughs> It'll be very interesting to see what happens. But the beautiful thing about the NFL and the thing that's really fun to look at it and you go, all right, well, you've got a, a 31-year-old taking over a Rams team. This isn't going to work. That eh, seemed to work. You've got Hugh Jackson, a veteran coach, going into a team that has a ton of draft picks and they've got a bright, promising future. Two years ago, they've won one football game. And it's the Browns. Well, <laughs> doesn't help. Any, uh, uh, any, first first any, time they didn't win a, a football game in a season, though, Any too. positive things that happen for the Browns that uh, are not football wins really are just negated. It doesn't really matter. 
Oh my God, did you hear? They have the first five picks in the draft. That doesn't really They've matter. They've got two two in the first five. I mean, they got one and four this year. Yeah, it really they, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I look at Kyle Shanahan in, um, in San Francisco, and you have to kind of wonder if Jimmy G is a huge part of whatever. Well, well the way they finished this season, of course it is. Yeah. But who was his starting quarterback before Jimmy G? Ooh, was uh, Blaine Gabbert? Or who was the guy? C.J. Beathard. C.J. Beathard. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah. So anyways, keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens in two years. Maybe I'll look like an idiot, but you end up seeing very often the last guy hired, the guy that was the third or fourth choice for a team ends up working out pretty well. So good luck to Frank Reich. Um, let's get out of here and go to good versus evil. That is next on the center and the saint. You're listening to 1080 the fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, what has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. At the end of the day, when you wake up the next day after a night like that, or after going on a trip like that, and you wake up the next day and that's all gone, and that liquid courage or that liquid like sense of euphoria that's over you is all gone, and you're left staring at the ceiling by yourself, and you're back in that, that depression and back in that hole, that dark hole of sitting in a room by yourself, being super depressed, thinking about all the mistakes you've made in your life. What did that get me? Wow. Whoa. Holy good kickoff to this. Well, that's Debbie Downer and Heisman winner Johnny Manziel talking about why he's such a sad Sally the past couple of years. During an ABC interview this past week, he told the network that a comeback to the league's spring development league is in the works. He signed a deal to play with the elite D league uh, in Austin, Texas. Manziel also told ABC that he's been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and is actively treating it. How much longer do you think Johnny Manziel's window is open for an NFL comeback? He's well, 25 years old. Bonus question. Did you know there was a developmental spring league for the NFL? I did not. Yeah, that surprised me. Uh, window. I, I'm afraid the window's probably closed on Johnny. I think it's closed on Johnny Manziel. Uh, you, you have somebody like uh, Vince Young who had some success, a rookie of the year in the NFL. RG3 was a rookie of the year. Those guys had less problems and weren't able to make comebacks when they tried to do it. And more talent. Uh, yeah, well, and they had more success for sure. They had, uh, 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 I mean, he had a ton of talent. It, the, watching him in college, and he had a little couple flashes you saw with the Browns, but as you pointed out, he played for the Browns, so that's not going to help with anything. But he just, he never really had any solid footing in the NFL for sure, and he had way bigger problems off the field. I'm afraid it's closed. I, I I kind of hope that it's not, but secondary fun. question. Do you ever see Johnny Manziel coming back to the NFL playing another position? Like, no, say, no, he uh, didn't have the size. What Tyrell strength. Pryor did? No, no. Tyrell Pryor is a lot. Tyrell. Tyrell, yeah. Yeah, he's a lot bigger. That too. Yeah. He's and he's faster. Yeah. Well, yeah. The height, the speed. The, yeah. well, he's he's somebody. He's kicking them both out. Oh he's kicking gosh. them both out. They are both out of the game. That's going to take us away from seeing these two for the rest of the game. And they're both pleading their case to the officials. No, they, they can plead all they want, they're but gone. they're gone. That was the famous broadcasting duel of Bill McDonald and Stu Lance. 
Stu Lance. Stu Lance. Lance. L A N T Z. Not Lance. 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 Not Lance. Lance. Yeah, that's what I said. Lance. Well, they were on the call during Valentine's Day uh, featuring the Lakers and Pelicans. The only thing worth reporting from this one was when two of the point guards, that being Rajon Rondo and Isaiah Thomas, got ejected for having a junior high cat fight. Uh, it was during the first quarter that they had this heated argument. Thomas says that Rondo hit him in the face three times and <laughs> brought up the Celtics planned video tribute for him earlier this season, which never really got off the ground. Why do you think the NBA undervalues Isaiah Thomas so much? And they, don't say height. I took your answer, didn't I? Because he's five foot eight. Because he's five uh, foot eight, really. But bonus question for you: Did did you know that Rajon Rondo played for the Pelicans before this incident? Yes, I did actually. Because um, when he did play for the Pelicans, all these articles came out going, "Are you kidding me? The Pelicans now have Boogie Cousins, Anthony Davis, and Rajon Rondo. <laughs> oh, that's a run! Watch out, everybody! They're totally gonna tear the gnar. Watch out! They got two people with bipolar disorder <laughs> and a guy with a unibrow. Oh, so Anthony Davis doesn't have bipolar? That's good. Um, he's he's undervalued because the team's undervalue him. I mean, look, he he had a great run with the Celtics last year, but they played better without him in the Eastern Conference Finals uh, after his hip injury. As as good as he was getting them 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 there, they they didn't really have a step back. So they shipped him off. He goes to Cleveland. They didn't want him. Now he's playing with the Lakers. Well, that wasn't the start of it because he already went through the Suns and the Kings organization. He's a great scorer, but he's a, not a great fit with a lot of teams you can't build around him so so what's he on his sixth nba team in you know a, a relatively short career he's undervalued by the team so he's going to be undervalued by the league i think what sucks with isaiah thomas is the fact that he will not just kind of delegate himself to saying i'm a veg player relegate or relegate thank you he he won't you know what i mean like yeah. he values himself as an all-star like I he, think he would, was he was a runner-up in the MVP voting last year. But I think it would be pretty incredible if he actually just kind of swallowed it and said, okay, I'll, I'll come off the bench next year for the Lakers. Yeah, he's going to have to if he's going to keep playing in the NBA, but it's you want to play for a contender, and right now he's not. No. I mean, they have won 9 out of 11. but I'm pretty sure they have. I, I, don't think that, might be wrong I don't think that's accurate. You don't think ESPN's wrong on that? No, we've been wrong a lot today. We might as well just keep doing it. All right, time for my favorite story of the week. This one comes from right here in the beautiful state of Oregon. 26-year-old Abby Beckley says that back in 2016, she went to Alaska for a fishing trip. It wasn't until recently that Beckley says Ah. her eyes became irritated. She picked and prodded until finally she pulled out a cattle worm from her eye. 13 worms later... And we have a really disgusting story. A woman pulling out 14 cattle worms from her eye. She pulled out one. She went to the eye doctor. They pulled out two more. Went to an optic surgeon. They pulled out like four. Uh, this is the first reported cases case of cattle worms cattle in worm a eye? human being's eyes ever. I thought, now what do you think is worse? That's amazing. Good what job, you, Oregon. What do you think's worse? Outdoors woman. A... <gasps> Getting 14 of these cattle worms in your eye or swimming in the Nile and you get one of them, uh, one of them insects up your urethra. Oh, the pee holes worth worse for sure. The bot fly is probably worse than that, but it's the, the sense that pee holes worse than having a bunch of worms crawling in your eye. 
Uh, yeah, probably, because I think they go in there to to set up shop, and that's surgery coming out. This is super gross. The closest thing that I've ever experienced anywhere near this, and I if the sensation's anything like what I had to experience, uh, then it's awful. You ever get you ever get hair in your food at a restaurant? You ever yeah. had that happen? Yeah. You ever accidentally find the hair when it's in your mouth? You go pull it oh, out. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. happened a couple times. Okay. You ever swallow a the majority of it when you find it in your mouth, have to pull it out from your stomach? No, that's really gross. Yeah, that happened to me, and it was awful. We were eating at uh, the Cheesecake Factory at the Forum Shops in Vegas in Caesars Palace. Well, shame on you, first of all, that you went to the Cheesecake Factory in Vegas. Why is that shame on me? Cheesecake Factory is a fine establishment that makes mediocre the, food. And how they have the a hell variety. did you not expect a hair to be in your food? Really? Come on. The Cheesecake Factory? Yeah. I've eaten at the Cheesecake Factory plenty of times, and I never had hair in my food. It doesn't matter where you are. You don't expect to do this. So I find the hair in my mouth, and I go to pull it, and I could feel it like from like my colon starting to pull out. Oh, it was just the worst feeling. I call the waitress over, and I go, hey, come here. I go, and there's a bunch of us. There's probably eight or ten people there. And some people I knew, and some people I didn't. So I, just, I was like, I didn't want to make a scene. So I go, here, just take this away. And the I hair? Go, you gave her the hair? I go, yes, I did. I go, I can't eat any of the food. Just take it off the bill. I go, just, just take the hair away. But just, I didn't want to make, I didn't want anybody else to know what happened because it ruined everyone's appetite. And you so, didn't tell anyone? Well, I had to because the manager came back. Who's the one that had the hair in their food? And I'm like, oh, good Lord. And I didn't want to make, so then everybody asked what happened. I go, oh, I just, it was me. Don't worry about it. And they're like, oh, you're going to get something else? And I'm like, no, I'm never going to eat food again. Oh, I would have made a, I would have made a uh, mess. I would have made a mess of things. Yeah. Well, I would have screamed about it. To, I would have just. I'm just happy I didn't throw up all over the table. I think oh. I would take the cattle fly in the eye though. Over the urethra? Yeah. Buddy. I want, I want to stop moving, moving in, setting up shop in my pee hole. Mm. Sounds unappealing. There's, there's got to be like a wife or girlfriend joke connected to that, right? I don't know. I was trying to find a segue where we can yeah, uh, mention our wonderful sponsor of of Good versus Evil. That's good. They're paying us to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is not the way I wanted to end it. Good versus Evil brought to you by 808, the Titan of Hawaiian restaurants. Don't worry about air there. It's 2454 East Burnside or 52nd and Woodstock. It's even worse. You don't have to worry about hair there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you transition from that. Hey, let's talk about the Olympics. That's next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.